Hello, friends. Welcome. You are in the right place. If you have been a Sharon Says So subscriber, it's still me. We have changed the name of our podcast to Here's Where It Gets Interesting. And we're so excited that you're here. Today, I'm chatting with YouTube sensation, former NASA and Apple engineer, and just all around quality human, Mark Rober. So let's dive in. I'm Sharon McMahon, and here's where it gets interesting. I am extremely excited to be chatting with Mark Rober today. Thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. I would love for you to give everybody who's listening just a super high-level overview of how you got started. And also, how did you get, was it 22, 23 million YouTube subscribers? Who's counting, honestly? Who's Who's counting? Who's counting at this point? (laughs) Once you hit 20 million... Yeah, it's all the same. Who's counting? Who's counting? Give us an overview of your background so people can get to know you a little. Sure. So, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer. And I, I worked for like nine years at NASA, seven of those working on the Curiosity rover that's roving on Mars, might have heard of it. So I was like an engineer who helped on that. And then after that, I went and worked at Apple for five years in their special projects group. But most notably to the folks listening to this podcast, like about a decade ago, I had a Halloween costume where I had like an iPad in front, an iPad in back. If you do a FaceTime video chat, it looks like you have a hole in your body because, like, the back camera shows what's on front and vice versa. People at the party thought it was kind of cool, so I uploaded it to YouTube. And after, like, a few days, it had, like, 2 million views. And I'm like, well, this is a cool feeling. And also, I have more ideas. So literally since then, I've just made, like, one video a month where I, I make some kind of build using my engineering skills and, you know, I tell a story around it. And the channel's just grown bigger and bigger. At this point, my passion and the thing that really gets my heart pumping is getting people, especially the young folk, pumped about science and engineering and education. And I do that through really just fun YouTube videos. So instead of teaching about chemistry and just being like, this is a reaction, I build a 15-ton jello pool, the world's largest jello pool. And then I talk about how hard it was and the failures we had to overcome and the scientific method and the chemistry gets snuck in there. And so before you know it, you've learned something and you've, you've enjoyed the last 10 minutes of your life. So that's kind of mm-hmm. me in a nutshell. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I would love to go back in time to fifth grade Mark. 
I sometimes refer mm-hmm. to my childhood. I refer sure. back to myself as fifth grade Sharon. What was she like? I was always real annoyed with this boy named Jason in my class who got away with everything. Ugh, Jason. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I was constantly in trouble for asking very legitimate questions in my mind. I remember once raising my hand to my fifth grade teacher and we were talking about, I don't know, Chernobyl or some terrible accident. And I remember I asked him, how come radiation causes cancer, but we also use radiation to treat cancer. Mm. I mean, I think that's a legitimate question for for a 10-year-old, right? No, no, I got in trouble for that. I got in trouble (laughs) for asking that question. So anyway, I would love to know what was fifth grade Mark Rober like? Well, I I think I might have been Jason, first of all. (laughs) This is going to be problematic. Did you get away with everything? Did you get away with everything? (laughs) Mark, yeah, I think so. (laughs) I was definitely also inquisitive. So I think like a... A formative moment in my childhood. So my mom was, she had the biggest influence on my life by a very comfortable margin. She took like raising kids pretty seriously. She's a stay-at-home mom. And I remember, you know, we had to help with dinner and I was five years old and she had me cutting onions. And uh, I was like, ah, this is the worst with crying. So I, I remember I went upstairs underneath our sink in the in the bathroom. I got the goggles and I came down and I started cutting onions with goggles, which it's like, now that's like a common life hack, but fifth grade mark didn't have google all right yeah. that was the i was i was original at least other people probably thought of it but i was original in my thinking on that but my mom just thought it was so funny and delightful and clever that she like took a picture which back then meant it was like a film camera so that was like you only had 24 things to take a picture of so that meant something and that stayed around in the family and being encouraged by that to like think outside the box and be creative at the same time, while like she also instilled like a lot of like good morals and be a good human being in us, uh, it was just such a lovely combination to grow up in and just being encouraged. Like she was our biggest cheerleader for anything that happened. So I would say I was kind of like mischievous, always a bit of a prankster, but it was always pretty benign. Being curious about the world around me for sure. Mm. When did you set your sights on engineering? When did you know like this is what I'm gonna do? I kind of always liked math and science, but I would say in like high school, high school physics specifically, I was like, oh, this scratches an itch in my brain because it's like you can understand the world around you and predict it using math and equations, you know, and if I if I drop a rock off a building, I know exactly how many seconds until it hits the ground. And by the way, so does the guy on the other side of the world who we don't even speak the same language. You know, we're from a completely different cultural background, but we would come up with the same answer. There's just something so beautiful about that that I love so much. In a world of uncertainty, it's like with math and science and equations, we can understand the current thing and then the real power is predict the future about events and, you know, interactions. And then with that, before you know it, you're building rocket ships to other planets. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved watching the Curiosity launch What was that project like to work on for you? Yeah, it's crazy with working on space stuff like that because it's like so binary. Like I worked on it for seven years. Half of that was working on like the jet pack that lowers into the ground. Half of that was some hardware I had on the rover itself. And you work so long, so many long hours for for so many years. And it comes down to like basically seven minutes. You know, you enter the top of the atmosphere at 25,000 miles per hour. That's like five times faster than the bullet 
it's like 75 football fields in a half a second. You know, imagine sitting on the 50-yard line of a football stadium and all of a sudden this thing comes by. In a half a second, it does 75 football fields, right? So you have to go from that speed down to a comfortable, like, five miles an hour to comfortably land. Somehow you have to get rid of the, all that energy in just seven minutes. And so there's this whole series of things that happens where it's like, you know, there's a heat shield that gets rid of some of the energy, and then you have parachutes, and then retro rockets. And you don't know if it's even worked. It takes seven minutes to do that. It takes 30 minutes to get a signal back to Earth. So by the time it's either landed in a smoldering heap or it's nice and safe, by the time we even get the signal, it's entered the upper atmosphere. Whatever has happened has already happened. It has to be all autonomous, right? But the point is, this is like, there is no real in-between. It's either safe and it can roll around and it's in one piece or it's just not. And so being there with all those people, in total, like 3,000 people worked on this thing, uh, if you include contractors, and we're all watching this with bated breath, you know, along with the world, because this is like, kind of represents in some ways like the future of humanity and the hope mm -hmm. of like science and understanding things. And then just to get that first image back from the rover, like I'll never forget that. It's probably my favorite picture of all time. It's just like a very low resolution image from one of the hazard cams up front. And all you could see is just the shadow of the rover on Mars. And you could tell it's in one piece from the shadow. And it's like, even now, it's like you get emotional just thinking about that. It's like to totally. I totally do. I absolutely cried watching that land on Mars. And I was like, human ingenuity. I just love it. Yeah, 100%. It's kind of like landing on the moon type of moment. Just the thing, like, when we all work together, this is what we can accomplish. How cool is this, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, even 50 years ago, there was questions like, are there people even living on Mars, you know? To go from that, maybe, maybe 100 years ago, to go from that to actually, like, having remote you know, robots there. And then soon to have humans stepping foot, mm -hmm. which will happen. You know, the first person to step foot on Mars is alive right now. It could be someone riding in their car with their parents listening to this podcast. Like it could be you, dear listener, who could be the first person on Mars, which is just so cool, right? As we're recording this, NASA just had to postpone the launch of Artemis, which, you know, like Artemis 1, which is a an unmanned mission to the moon, but a start of a new NASA venture, which will eventually, hopefully, lead to humans on Mars. If NASA called you up, would you be like, I'm on, I'm on board. I'm getting on that, <laughs> I'm getting on that spacecraft. I mean, I will go eventually, not necessarily to Mars, but for sure in space. I mean, a lot of people listening to this will too. It will just become way, way, way more commonplace. I would say, at the end of the day, I am an engineer and a, a bit risk averse, so I will definitely go. I don't really see the value. If you're not the first, and even then, I don't see a ton of value being in the first, but I'll go. I'll go once we're like, we've got all the data back. <laughs> that it's real safe. Once we've ironed out the kinks and Let's I feel confident. Full of the kinks first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. There's just something about space that, you know, humans have wondered about it since the beginning of time and have had little to no answers about it. It's always been out of our reach. And watching the advancement of scientific discovery over the last few decades. Obviously, it began before my lifetime, but even watching it accelerate over the past few decades is so 
There's just something about it where you, you know that you're the people that came before you are looking up at the same sky and you have answers that they never had access to. I just love it. I love it too. Well, and to be fair, they did have answers, right? But like everyone had a different explanation for what those were. True. I love how in your bios on places like Instagram and YouTube, you have something that you say, which is that you are a friend of science. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know what that means to you. Um, I just think that like science is beautiful and sometimes it can seem scary to people. A comment I get a lot is like, I was never good in school and as a re or with science and as a result they have like a fear of it or an aversion to it and like i said with the other thing you know with the jello pool or maybe it's the world's largest super soaker or nerf gun like i kind of like try and trick people into learning science it i say it's kind of like the velociraptors how do you remember jurassic park where it's distracted by that one velociraptor in front. And, you know, he's about to get it. And then all of a sudden the velociraptor sneaks it from the side. He's like, clever girl, you know, and then it gets him, right? <laughs> That's my approach to science. I get you in with like a cool, clever thumbnail that you're looking at. Or pool full, filled with Orbeez. Or like world's largest elephant toothpaste reaction. You're like, oh, my brain is like, that seems easy. That seems digestible. That seems fun. Mm -hmm. You click on it. And then before you know it, you've been clever girl with all the science and <laughs> chemistry and density and, you know, like you're learning scientific principles. And even if you don't remember the exact fact a year later, you remember how you felt. And then it's like even for a moment you had understanding and your understanding of the world around you increased a little bit. And like just mm -hmm. getting people like a little bit addicted to that feeling. Mm -hmm. of not being complacent which is knowing what you know and getting hungry for like just understanding more i love getting people just like hooked on that right like mm -hmm. i'm like the gateway drug yeah. for you yeah totally i call them brain tingles yeah where it's like you were saying with your fit in your physics class where it just like itch something in your brain i call them brain tingles like there's just something where you're like ooh, that feels really good to know yeah i really like it I like knowing that. And I want to do that. I want to seek that out more. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, totally. I can't, you know, if you watch all my videos, you're not going to have a degree in mechanical engineering, but you will hopefully have the motivation to be like, oh, you know what? This is kind of a career that might be interesting to me. And I get that comment like a lot from parents is mm -hmm. like, my kid wants to be an engineer because of you. And the kid's like seven years old. I didn't even know what an engineer was probably till I was like 12. Cause when we, when we were growing up, it's like, you had Mr. Wizard's World and like Bill Nye, but you didn't have any like cool engineers. So to like mm -hmm. try and be the engineer to show like, look at all this. If you know, if there's something that you want to exist in the world, but it doesn't as an engineer, you just make it exist. Like you mm -hmm. have that power. It's a superpower, right? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com in the words of dwight schrute identity theft is not a joke jim but seriously, have you ever had somebody try to steal your credit card number? 
and then try to make a bunch of fraudulent charges. That has happened to me on more than one occasion. If it's happened to you, you know it's a nightmare. Having your personal information on the internet is like giving strangers the key to your front door. Not good. And Delete Me can keep that door locked and your information safe. And I recently found a solution that is a service called Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information that you don't want online, and they make sure that it stays off. It is a subscription service that finds your personal info on the web, searches all the databases, and then helps prevent identity theft by removing that information from all of these databases. So when you sign up, you tell Delete Me exactly what information you want deleted, and then their experts take it from there. They send you a report every month of like, we found your information in the following places and we removed it. More simply, Delete Me does all the hard work of wiping you and your family's personal info off the web. So take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount just for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash Sharon and use promo code Sharon at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash Sharon and use code Sharon at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash Sharon, promo code Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. I loved watching you hosting Jimmy Kimmel. Tell us how that came to be. How did it, it came to be from a text message? And Jimmy a text said, message. Hey, I saw you want yeah. to host my show on July 14th? I'm like, um, sure. Right. But before that, I don't know. Like Jimmy saw one of my videos like six years ago. This is back when my channel, had, like 200,000 subscribers, like it was pretty small. And I came on his show and I just, I did his show a few times and his, his crew would be like, Jimmy really likes you. I'm like, whatever. You say that to everyone. But by like the fifth time, I'm like, I think he does like me. Yeah, why would he invite you back? Yeah. So then he's like, dude, we should do like a TV show together. I think you're a star. And like, I feel like Jimmy and a few other people kind of saw in me something that even still I almost don't even see in myself. Anyway, so it started a friendship and he's like a good dude. And people are like, oh, ask, what, what's someone like that like in real life? 
This is what I'll say about Jimmy. I haven't said this much. Actually, I don't even think I've ever said this publicly. I hope he's okay with it. Mm -hmm. But I have a son who's on the autism spectrum. He's like 15 years old. And him and Jimmy text daily. In fact, a lot of times, like, Jimmy will text and, like, my son will, like, almost ghost him and not even get back to him for, like, a day, you know? (laughs) Leave him on red. Leave Jimmy on red. Leave him on red. It's just the kind of human that he is. Like, no one until now, sorry, Mm -hmm. Jimmy, will ever know about that, you know? But he just, that's just who he is. So, anyways, he just asked me if I wanted to host a show. So, I did. And it was kind of wild because I'm not a talk show host. I'm a freaking YouTuber, right? And I think there's an authenticity there where it's like, it was not the most polished thing. But it wasn't also the worst thing. And the feedback I got was kind of refreshing because it's like... It's growth mindset. Like, I wanted to do it strictly because I knew it would be such a learning experience for me. I've been Mm -hmm. on the show as the big guy. I've been on the couch. I'd never been the host, though. And so being the host is just like a whole different ballgame. And I learned a ton, and it was really fun. I mean, that's the thing I love about YouTube specifically is this idea of growth mindset. And, you know, you go back and watch any YouTuber. Go back and just literally click back and watch their first video. And compare that with what they do now, and it's adorable to see in the pub in the eye of the public for everyone to see the like the growth that occurs. A lot of times, like a movie star or someone like that, by the time you see them, they're pretty polished. They've got their craft down, right? But with YouTube, it's really cool to see that growth. And I'm so that's so important to me. I think that's so important for kids and just people in general to realize, just like. It's cool to not know a thing and to dive in and get better at it. And it's okay. And there's no shame in failing. I gave a TED talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, 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 for me to personally step up and do that myself was just like, I love it. It's a great chance to show people by example how to do something like mm-hmm. that. Do you feel like there's more hosting in your future? Not necessarily, you know, not necessarily of Jimmy's show, but just like of a TV show in general. I don't know. So I did do a show that will air on Discovery here in about a month where we prank people who violate social norms. So if you don't pick up your dog's poop, we build, you know, a catapult, launch it back at your house or like we build an (laughs) autonomous robot dog to like shoot it back at you or don't put your grocery cart back. We make a robot army garbage carts that will chase you around the parking lot. So that is like a, a delve into the TV world. But I don't know, man. The future is YouTube. It's a pretty good gig. Like, it's hard to do TV and these other things because it's like, I mean, I more people see my stuff on YouTube. I have full creative control. And candidly, it's like you get compensated a lot better when, when it's, I don't have a lot of mouths to feed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's hard to do something other than YouTube, right? It's like a hard... Mm-hmm. It took five or six phone calls for Jimmy to convince me to even make this show with Discovery. And for him to be like, no, this would be a good thing for you. And I think in the end, he's right. But it's definitely not like, all right, now I've done it. I no longer am a YouTuber. I'm a TV. I'm like, "Uh -uh." it's like the other way. And by the way, most of like the TV personalities kind of wish they had more of like a YouTube presence because it's like a direct connection with your fans. And when I want to do something like, you know, I just recently launched a company to like help kids get more, you know, stoked about science education, I could do that and I could tap a microphone and reach, you know, 20 million people. And Mm -hmm. unless you're, if you're a movie star, it's like the only way you get to tap that microphone is if they put you on a TV show and then you can talk about it on the talk show, right? But I can just do that whenever I want. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I absolutely love what you have done for ocean cleanup and for planting trees. First of all, I mean, who? nobody's out there saying like, I hate the ocean and I hate trees, but I truly do. Like I love whales so much. I love dolphins and whales. I live in Northern Minnesota where there's a lot of trees here. Tell us about your tree planting endeavors and your ocean cleanup endeavors. Yeah, ultimately there's another YouTuber who's a buddy of mine, Mr. Beast. And we just said we should do something for Mother Earth. Why not? We're also fans ourselves. And so <laughs> we have this platform and it's like, at some point it almost becomes irresponsible not to like, I don't know, do something. Mm-hmm. So we said, Team Trees, let's raise $20 million. $1 equals one new tree in the ground. We'll work with a professional organization like the Already Foundation who, who does this. They agreed they, they're, they're on board. If we raised the $20 million, they would plant 20 brand new, you know, million brand new trees. And the key was then we went out to our other YouTube friends, we made videos on ours, and we just really got everyone talking about this and stoked about this. And in less than two months, we were able to do it. But the coolest part about it is like the median donation is like $4, mm-hmm. which is like, that's tooth fairy money. That's bake mm-hmm. sale money. This does not solve climate change, and we're very clear about this. That's not the goal here. The goal is like getting young folks who look up to us to be like, yeah, like I'm on team trees, right? Or eventually we did team C's where it's just like, I don't, if, if I see litter on the ground, I pick it up. It's a shift in them to be like, you know, I donated my tooth fairy money to that. And therefore like, this is a cause that is now important to me. I'm gonna leave the lights off when I leave the house because I want to conserve energy and we got to mm-hmm. take care of the earth, right? Like that was like the real goal because eventually, you know, to make real changes, you need policy, right? This has happens at a policy level to make actual lasting changes that can benefit everyone. But if nobody cares about it and there's not that shift in the heart that this is important, policy doesn't follow. 
So it's like, I'll stay in my swim lane. I'm not a politician. But what I can do is I can affect the hearts and minds, especially the young generations of caring about something like this. And then the policy will come after that, right? But we're very clear that this doesn't solve it on its own. It's the first and necessary step. So after, like I said, after Team C's, then we did, two years later, we did Team C's, which was $30 million. We arbitrarily just picked a different number, which was $10 million bigger, which was made it very difficult on ourselves. But we were able to pull it off, and that's $30 million, raised $30 million to remove 30 million pounds of trash and plastic from the beaches, oceans, and rivers. And we did that also in two months, and that was, yeah... That's pretty cool. How does one do that? How does one remove that much plastic from the oceans? Again, working with like very qualified nonprofits. So they're already out there, but sometimes they just need, you know, more funding. And so we worked with the Ocean Conservancy and the Ocean Cleanup. There are two different ones. The Ocean Cleanup focuses on like rivers. They have the trash eating monster that like as trash comes down the river, it like eats it up and keeps it from going to the ocean. And the Ocean Conservancy, they do like beach cleanups as well as they remove like a bunch of fishing gear and stuff, ghost nets from the ocean. That's specifically because it's adverse to like large marine wildlife, like your whales, your favorite, the whales. Like Fun my fact, whales. Whales are the largest organism, animal. I mean, if you don't count like tree, like aspen trees or something, like to have ever lived on the planet. Like how lucky are we <laughs> in the lifespan of the whole planet to be here with like the biggest organism that's ever existed. Mm -hmm. I love it. There's something so cool about whales. They're, they're also so gentle. I could talk about them all day, but they're, they are such cool animals. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have to tell you that my kids got one of your crunch lab boxes and they were of course very excited to get it like ripped it open. <laughs> Did it cut it open nicely? They just, <laughs> it's like the destroyed the box. <laughs> and they immediately built, they immediately engineered the project that was inside. But I didn't know what it was. Uh -huh. I did not know what the project was. And they came, I was sitting there working at my computer and my daughter came in holding this thing that was like, oh, you know, I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, <laughs> pretty soon she's pelting me in the forehead with her tiny frisbee launcher Excellent. that she built. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Fool your parents into thinking you're doing some homework or some such thing. And in reality, you're building a frisbee launcher. The best. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea to launch this a subscription box? Yeah. So it's like we just launched it, like you said, like a couple months ago. But like parents would ask me, like, look, my kid wants to be an engineer but they're eight years old, right? What's the first yeah. step? Like, what should I do? And I just never had a great answer to that. Cause there are like Arduino kits, which is like little things you can like, but that's just, there's not a lot of explanation with those. I genuinely didn't have a great answer to that. So eventually I was like, all right, I should make something. Cause kids also watch my videos and they're like, that's so cool. I would love to make something, but it's like, they don't, they also don't know the first step. So the idea with these is like, I send you, it's a monthly box, you get it. And for example, the first one's like a Frisbee launcher. And you build this thing next to me while I build it on screen. And I teach you all about the science behind, you know, each one has a different engineering lesson. So on the Frisbee launcher, it's flywheels. We learn about flywheels. But we also learn about like, what makes Frisbees even fly? They're amazing <laughs> contraptions. The science behind that is so fascinating. So with each box that you get, you get like a 
dedicated 20 minute Mark Rober video where I show you how to put it together, but I also teach you the cool science behind it. And that's kind of the gist of it. And we launched it along with like, I made this like Willy Wonka factory for engineering called the Crunch Labs. It's, it's where we build all our stuff now. And it's where we come up with the box ideas. But it has like a tennis ball cannon from American Gladiators. It's got like, you know, go-kart tracks, cool inventions to like get from one floor to the other, secret passageways. So part of the box is like each month, one person gets a platinum ticket. And if you get that platinum ticket in your box, you get to come out and visit the Crunch Labs with me and build with my team for a day, whatever you want. That's so exciting. So yeah, we launched it. And then in less than a week, we, we completely sold out of what we hoped was like six months to a year's worth of product. Um, so the good <laughs> news is though, we will have more in time for the holidays. So they'll be back in like early November. And so far the feedback, this isn't, and granted I'm a little biased, but the feedback has been incredibly positive from parents. And if you know someone who has it, just ask them what they think of it. And in general, we've just heard amazing stuff. And as a result, like our wait list is like bonkers off the charts. But people should get on the wait list so that they have a chance of getting one of these for the holidays. This is right. If you get on the wait list, you are guaranteed to get it for the holidays. So you'll, you'll totally save your place. So if this does sound cool to you, if you have a kid who enjoys my videos or may want to be an engineer, and by the way, even if they don't plan on being an engineer, this is, I say that it's like, the promise of the box is like that you help you think like an engineer. And what that means is you can break complex problems down into to bite-sized pieces. Or, you know, it makes you a better piano practicer or soccer player or math doer because you know failure is okay and it's part of the process. Like that's something I literally drill in every month with these boxes. Like this is just a prototype. Start with this and what are you going to do to build on it to make it cooler? And it, it's okay if it doesn't work at first. That's the point. And so it's like getting mm. that into people, kids' minds that it's like, Hey, Mark Rober says it's cool to fail. This is how he makes all of his videos. And I just be that over their heads. Like this is the process. And I, I really think that inspires kids to not just give up immediately. It's a very visceral mm -hmm. way to engage all their senses, to build something cool you can shoot mom with. But at the same time, I'm sneaking that science. I'm sneaking in those <laughs> life lessons and they're not even realizing it. Mm, I love that. And I will say that my 10 year old who was working on building this, my 15 year old is very mechanically inclined on her own. And so this was, she could easily see what needed to happen where it was like, just put it together. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was easy for her, but my 10 year old is working on it on her own because she wanted to do it on her own, like without assistance. And she really did persist in completing it. And she's not normally one of those kids who's like, I must figure out this really, really complex problem. But she really did want to build this thing. Love to so hear it. It was really cool. Yeah. And I love that those are transferable skills, that it's not about like make your child a NASA engineer. It's about learn how to think because there's not enough thinking people in the world, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Enough. We need more 
thinkers, yeah. more people who are able to look at a problem from multiple angles, from multiple directions, and not just, this is, I would imagine, a fatal flaw of engineering is assuming you know the answer immediately. Yeah. And I think that's something that so many people, no matter the topic, whether it's politics, engineering, whatever it is, they assume they know the answer immediately. When if they were willing to tackle a problem from multiple angles, they might find that in fact their first assumption was not correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. And if I can mow your grass for a little bit and say, that, you know, when it comes to politics with me personally, that's like my rule of thumb. If I ever find myself being outraged about a thing or if I have friends and I have lots of friends literally on both sides of the aisle and I have certain friends on both sides of the aisle who are just outraged about everything. I'm always like, that's a sign for me to like check myself and it's like, am I a product of the algorithms that are being fed to me? Am I just being fed one thing? Like, if your assumption on something that happens is like, well, the other side is just evil, terrible people, you know, and that's why they do this, then you need to check that. And if you can't answer the question, what would a reasonable person who, who thinks the other side of this issue, what would their argument be? What would they say in a reasonable manner that's convincing? What's their most convincing argument? If you don't have an answer for that, you need to go check more sources. And that's true for politics and that's true for engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Totally. I always say if you can't explain somebody else's position back to them yeah. in a way that they say, that's right, that is what I think, then you don't understand it well enough. You're operating on your own assumptions yeah. uh, and not on what somebody else really thinks. So I always appreciate that you are um, helping kids learn how to think, even if they're not somebody who is going to, you know, engineer something at Apple. It's a highly, highly needed transferable skill. And I love the way that you present it in a way that it's not just like facts on a whiteboard. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of those like old Apple TV commercials where it's like, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC, you know, like I do science <laughs> communication sometimes. And even by the way, like political communication as well like you are the mac in that ad where it's like <laughs> oh yeah it's cool it's like understandable like i get it versus like before it's like here are the facts yeah <laughs> Well, we could keep doing this all day. This is great fun. But tell everybody where they can sign up to get on the wait list for one of your Crunch Labs boxes because people really should consider getting it for their kids for Christmas or yeah. whatever holiday they celebrate. Sure, that's right. It's just crunchlabs.com. And then on, once you're on the website, you can see like I've made a couple little videos that kind of explain what it is. But honestly, if you know someone who is who got into the first, you know, we sold tens of thousands of subscriptions out of, you know, when we launched it. If you know anyone, like that would be my favorite thing. Just ask them what they think of it. Barring that, go on the website and check it out. And I would not make anything that I didn't 100, like I'm very careful about anything I put my name on and like, totally. this is all me. And I feel so strongly that this is like a good thing to have out in the world, so. Mm. And people can find you on YouTube and be one of your 20, <laughs> 20 plus million who's counting who's subscribers. Who's counting subscribers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your work. I really appreciate you. I always appreciate knowing that when my kids are watching your content, that they are being both entertained and they're learning something. And I just appreciate what you're putting out to the world. And I'm really grateful for your time today. Yeah. Likewise, that everything you just said, I'm rubber, your glue. So. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. All right, Sharon. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>
Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Here's Where It Gets Interesting. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider leaving us a rating or a review or sharing a link to it on your social media? All of those things help podcasters out so much. Here's Where It Gets Interesting is written and researched by executive producer Heather Jackson. Our audio engineer is Jenny Snyder, and it's hosted by me, Sharon McMahon. We'll see you again soon.